Coming to you live from the North Pole, it's the Hand Plus Podcast, brought to you by Movie Change Up. As always, I'm Jill Fricky, joined by my co-host, Tristan Mayer, where each week we talk about this week in streaming, uh, whether it's movie, shows, uh, news, updates, uh, anything in the realm of streaming, we talk about it from your favorite streaming services, including HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Canopy. Which is a streaming service I just learned about today. Don't even know. You need a lot, actually. I'm a big, big Kennedy fan, Joe. All right, I'm gonna have a movie recommendation for you, maybe because. So some of the things we're talking about today. uh, I'm gonna give a quick review of uh, this most season, uh, this most recent uh, season of Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. Episodes that have dropped. Uh, Tristan's gonna be talking to you about uh, season two of White Lotus. I believe that wrapped up just the other night. Uh, we're going to talk about our movie of the week, which is Black Christmas. And then Tristan and I are going to each reveal our top 10 streaming holiday movies. It's mid-December. People are ramping up. Kids are starting to come home from school. You got weekends. You got time after work. People are wanting to throw on Christmas movies. So we're going to say, hey, these are the movies that you can go stream right now. Some of them may be more popular ones that you're well aware of but maybe didn't know where or that they were streaming and other ones maybe ones you didn't know existed and us talking about it makes you go hey i want to throw a new movie in my christmas rotation let me check that one out and uh so that's what we're here for tristan it's kind of a light week of streaming for me i've had some stuff going on in my life that i've been working on but what about you how is streaming for you yeah i watched a couple of things this week it was definitely lighter for me than other weeks but uh you know building up to the holiday season i was pretty busy doing a lot of holiday shopping and a lot of driving around to stores and next year, getting extra hours so I can afford all the gifts that I got to buy. So it's a busy week for me, but I'm happy with what I watch, you know? So what I review is going to be a positive review because what I spent my time with, I really enjoyed. So that's always a good, good thing. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this top 10 list though. I'm currently drinking a winter ale, uh, winter IPA from the Brooklyn brewery. So I'm getting myself in theme for the, for the Christmas season here, but yeah, I can't wait to go through our list and see what, what you argue as being a Christmas movie that maybe I might disagree with you on. If you have any any close calls there, it'll be cool to see uh, how the conversation goes. But yeah, I can't wait for the episode, so I uh, can't wait to get started. All right, yeah, so let's uh, kick this off. We'll start with our opening topic, and that is, like I said earlier, Netflix is too hot to handle. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I try to remember. I don't remember what season of the show this is. I think it's like season three or four, basically, uh, probably four. Uh, the premise of the show essentially is they get all of these horned up mid twenties people from all over the world. It's on Netflix, um, all over the world. And they think they're going to be on like this new season of this new reality show that they're trying out. And every, every season they tell them it's going to be a different thing where basically it's about love and relationships. And basically it's, they're explaining why they casted these like horned up sex craze 20 year olds and then so this season they told them that the uh, show was called wild love and it was going to be hosted by mario lopez they had mario lopez in the premiere saying hey everyone welcome to wild love where you're going to be doing dangerous stunts for love and they thought the first thing they were going to be doing was jumping out of a plane together and he was like also but before you do that i got the greatest like stunt person in the business or something like that to reveal the host of the show and if you weren't aware the host of the show is a like little robot cone like almost like an alexa is the host of the show 
And so that cone rises up out of the limo and everyone freaks out and is shocked because the premise of the show, they upped the prize amount this year to $200,000. And every time a couple kisses, they lose $6,000 from the pot. If they have sex, $40,000 is removed from the pot and various infractions in between. And so basically you have people fighting uh, because their roommates are doing things that aren't allowed in the show. And kind of the ultimate quote-unquote idea that they try to pass is to get these people to look more, look for more in a relationship than uh, just sex and to actually like learn about each other and stuff like <laughs> that. But that's like what they say it's about, but it's not really what it's about. It's about hot, it's about hot young people fighting and being mad at each other and causing problems. But this season, I would say... I tried to watch a previous season, and I just, for whatever reason, couldn't get into it. But this season so far, I'm enjoying. If you're into this kind of show and you haven't checked out Too Hot to Handle, uh, I think this season so far is worth checking out. The next episodes drop Wednesday. The episodes drop on Wednesdays on Netflix, and it's like most shows, most things Netflix is doing uh, recently where they're dropping things in chunks. Is it one that would pull me in, Joe? Is it something that I think would pull me past the reality show barrier to actually uh, getting invested? I don't know. I, like, I, I, I legitimately don't know. There's a show... My question I... is, are the, are the people involved entertaining enough that you just want to watch them do their antics and you don't even care about the structure of the show or what it's about or what the rules are? You just want to see the people be ridiculous? Uh, kind of, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what most of these that. shows are. It's like a random premise just to get, just to have an explanation for why you have a bunch of 20-year-olds living in a house together. I've been watching Dragula on uh, on Shudder. It's coming up to its finale this week. It's also a reality show, a competition show, a drag competition show where everything is horror-themed and horror-inspired. And uh, it's making me more curious about the reality genre as a whole, you know, I'm I'm suddenly finding myself like invested in these people <laughs> and like following them on Twitter to see what they think of each episode that is happening and watching like the interconnected drama of all of these people and the metacontextual way of that. So yeah, I'm curious to watch a couple more reality shows. I'm I'm itching for, for something to fill in the Dragula hole as, as we're getting to the finale next week. So uh, might be one that I check out. We'll see. All right. And I do have a recommendation for you. Uh, this is, if I knew this was coming out, it would have probably been, number one on my most anticipated for december but for whatever reason i didn't catch it and uh netflix new season of the circle i don't know if i'd recommended the circle to you before if you'd watched it i can't remember but um yeah this season of the circle they haven't really had a theme before but apparently this theme is single so where everyone on the show is playing as a single but if you understand the show the circle where their only interaction is through like text messages. They all live in the same apartment complex, but they don't see each other's face. They only see pictures of each other and what each other say through text messages. So there are people that catfish on the show. So I'm curious if there's going to be a situation of, you know, a 50 year old married, you know, mother of three is pretending to be like one of her daughters or something. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely will check out The Circle, honestly. That's something that I've heard my, my family talk about, my friends talk about. That's, that's something that I know is big, you know. So that might be the one that I use. To, as soon as as soon as Dragula ends, I might be picking up The Circle and at least review it on here for a bit, you know. Are you going to watch it and review it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely watching it. Like I said, it would have been my number one if I had noticed that it was coming out, but in my research, it didn't pop up. And one of the contestants this season is Deaf, 
and they have like their translator living with them so it's like as they're signing their translator is vocalizing what they're signing i think a deaf person is like the perfect if they if you wanted a deaf person to compete on one of these type of reality shows i think this circle is without a doubt the best format for that yeah i'm, I'm definitely gonna check out this season i looking forward to it all right and that kind of wraps up netflix this week and uh hbo max we have white lotus the season two wrap-up which i know you watched i still need to check out white lotus when i have a free second end time i will do that yeah i definitely recommend white lotus it was one for me that was similar to you i think where it's kind of on the watch list you're like oh i'll get to it for sure and it was never a big priority for me and i was seeing just so much love about season two that i had to jump in and i've talked about this on the show before a bit but yeah, it's definitely paid off the the setup at the beginning, and I'm really a big big fan of this season. I still haven't watched the first season at all, but I'm really happy that I have that to watch now because if it's similar in quality to this, I'm really going to love it. I thought it was great interconnected characters. It's a drama, but it has it's played so seriously that it almost comes off as a, a comedy at many points, and I think it's, it's meant to be kind of this tongue-in-cheek dark comedy throughout, and yeah, if you like seeing these big name casts, you know, you have people like Jennifer Coolidge hopping in, F. Murray Abraham, you uh, have Albie Plaza, Theo James, people kind of like this big ensemble cast. And it's all about these guests that check into a really elaborate hotel called the White Lotus in Sicily. Each season, I guess, is at a different hotel in different countries. And this one is in Sicily. And it's about all the interconnected drama and murder mystery between all of these people and you learn about the connected past, the connected futures, their affairs and their all these different connections. So if you're a big fan of that kind of sprawling cast drama and the dark comedy edge to it all, I really think you'd like White Lotus and Joe, I definitely think you'd li- you'd like it. So I, I hope you watch it between now and our, our best of the year episode, because at least a couple episodes to get, get a sense of what I'm arguing for here. All right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, also I can't remember it was our movie of the week. Black Christmas, what streaming service it was on. But I know you watched it. I did watch Black Christmas this week. Uh, that'll lead us kind of right into our discussion, I feel like. I'll look it up what uh, platform it was or on. If you want but... to talk about it, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, Black Christmas, it came out in 1974. Uh, if you're a fan of Superman, the uh, classic Superman, the Margot Kidder is in this. So you get to see Lois Lane in kind of this edgy 70s horror movie. Uh, this is an interesting one because it, as you're watching it, it almost makes you like certain movies less because you realize they took a lot from this movie when they made that movie. You know, this came out in 1974 before Halloween, before, you know, When a Stranger Calls. And you look at this and it has so much of those movies in it. And you can see that even though this one kind of falls under the radar compared to Halloween and some of the bigger horror movies out there, I think that this feels like a, one that all of those directors probably watched. It's on Peacock, according to Joe. That's where I watched it, now that I think about it. It is on Peacock. Uh, so you can watch it on Peacock. There's also a remake that came out in the uh, like mid-2000s that's on Hulu. I haven't watched it, but it's kind of divisive, so I'm looking forward to watching that probably between now and Christmas itself. But yeah, this is a fun slasher. It's a bunch of uh, you know girls in a sorority house being killed off by a, a, a killer on a holiday, so you kind of know what you're getting from it, but this was one that came out kind of early and kind of set the precedent for what that looks like. So if you're in, into those movies, this feels like one that is a precursor to all of that. But unfortunately, compared to a lot of what it inspired, it's kind of slow. It, it takes its time for sure between the kills. A lot of the kills are off screen. They do a lot of good buildup, but then ultimately the kills are off screen. So if you're coming into this from something like 
Friday the 13th and you want to see really cool, crazy kills, you're not really going to get that here. There's a couple of really good iconic ones, but it's not like the big, intense, gory, quickly running through it slasher. It has that slow 70s horror kind of t uh, tension to it where it's just really building up the, the characters and their interconnected relationships and then slowly having them get killed off. So if you want, if you can take that that kind of slow pacing and you want to see something that inspired a ton of the iconic movies we think of as slashers, this is definitely one worth checking out. So I looked, I, want, I was just curious who directed this movie and uh, his name is Bob Clark. Let me read to you the incredible filmography of Bob Clark. So we have, yeah, I meant to mention that. We have Black Christmas, it. Baby Geniuses, Baby Geniuses 2. Uh, we also have Rhinestone, the classic movie, A Christmas Story. Oh, well, classic to some people. I don't like that movie. Uh, we also have Porky's and Porky's 2. And uh, that may be it as far as like crazed films. But if you were to put a bad movie director Hall of Fame, I think. No offense to Black Christmas, because like you sounded like you liked it, but it was a slow burn. But I just just reading that, I had to bring that up that I think Bob Clark could be on the Bad Movie Director Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think some of those are pretty bad, but I also think it's you know who can say they directed not one but two Christmas classics and like opposing sides of what Christmas mm -hmm. classics can be too. Like there's this like brutal horror slasher, then there's also kind of like the more family oriented Christmas movie and. Uh, I, I prefer this over Christmas Story. I'll say that I think this is his best Christmas movie <laughs> and probably his best movie, definitely his best movie from the ones that I've seen. Not a big Baby Geniuses fan, you know, so maybe he was a kind of a one-hit wonder here, you know? Yeah. Two-hit wonder, depending on who you talk to. Yeah, if you like A Christmas Story, he's maybe a two-hit wonder, but I am not one of those people. All right, and now I believe we move on to our top 10 streaming holiday movies. Essentially how this is going to work do we want to build a final list, or are we just going to say, hey, these are our two separate lists? I we don't think do, we really... uh, What? How do you feel about two separate lists, and then maybe a top top five? You know, we can yeah. build a shared top five. Yeah, shared top five. So essentially how this is going to work, uh, Tristan talked for a bit, so I'll start. I'll read my 10 through, 10 through 6, and then he'll read his 10 through 6. Then I'll read my 5 through 3. He'll read his five through three. Then we'll do my two, his two, my one, his one. If we get to anything that's in the next person section, the person will just say punt and we'll move on. So the person that has it the highest can talk about it the most. But I think overall we should move pretty quickly through this because I, I know Tristan's taste and I know my taste and my tastes are very generic and my more out there tape movies that I have. I don't think Tristan is going to have on his list. So I think we'll have a few crossover movies, but I think overall it'll be uh, separate lists. And with that, the first movie on my list coming in at the 10th spot is The Man Who Invented Christmas, which is on Canopy, a streaming service I didn't know existed, but it turns out it's free, and if it wasn't free, I wouldn't have recommended this, but since it's free, anyone can get the streaming service. And Interestingly uh, enough, it's free if you have a library card. You need to uh, log in with your library card to order access canopy. But they have a great, great, great selection of like classics and uh, stuff that uh, you would want to watch. And you know, when you put out the sight and sound list the other day, like almost uh, the majority of uh, that was on canopy for some reason. So canopy has like this randomly great selection of movies. So it right. also has Joe's pick here. So all right, so yeah, canopy. Uh, the Man Who Invented Christmas. It's kind of like a fictionalized version of Charles Dickens uh, coming up with 
uh, A Christmas Carol, which is obviously a classic story. Everyone's seen A Christmas Carol, the story anyways, even if you haven't seen like one of the original versions. Maybe you've seen a Muppets Christmas Carol or a sitcom episode that essentially tackled that same storyline. But it's... And now I'm blanking on the actor's name, who stars... It's one that I would definitely check Dan out, though. Stevens, We're going to talk about yeah. Christmas Carol in a second, so... Yeah, oh, Dan D- Stevens? Gavin Stevens stars as Charles Dickens. Um, other than that, not too many other famous people in this movie. It was kind of... Uh, oh, uh, Christopher Plummer stars as kind of this old curmudgeon guy that definitely is the inspiration for Scrooge, and he plays... Essentially goes on to kind of play Scrooge and follows charles dickens around as kind of this voice on his shoulder type character uh but it's kind of interesting how like events in his life happen that caused him to write a christmas carol in a certain way and obviously like i said it's a fictionalized version of it but i still think hey if you've watched a christmas carol definitely check out the man who invented christmas i uh, will check that one out it's one that's kind of on the on the radar like i noticed when it came out but it was never one that i uh thought of as being anything special so now that you put it on the list i'm definitely gonna watch it all right and that goes to my number nine movie whoops and now my phone's making noise at me all right my number nine on the list is one i definitely will go out on a limb and say tristan has never watched and that is the jonathan taylor thomas starring classic with jessica beale i'll be home for christmas which is on disney plus And essentially, the plot is Jonathan Taylor Thomas is a college freshman, and he hasn't been home for Christmas in a while. His parent, his mom died, and his dad, who is played by Gary Cole, has remarried. And his dad says, "Hey, if you make it home for Chris, if you make it home by Christmas Eve at six o'clock, because they live on the West Coast, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is going to college on the West Coast. He says, if you can make it home by six o'clock on Christmas Eve." You can have the Porsche that we both work so hard to rebuild and restore. And then, I don't want to spoil too much, but something happens and it doesn't allow him. It kind of sets him back on getting home for Christmas. And it's kind of his journey uh, going back to home for Christmas. It's kind of like, in a way, a one-man's planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the best movie or it's the greatest movie or this is going to make your rotation. It's just one that I personally love. I watched it with my girlfriend, uh about two weeks ago she didn't enjoy it as much as i did but i think a lot of it for me is baked in nostalgia of growing up watching it so yeah if you want just something new something different maybe you were a had um tiger beat pictures of jonathan taylor thomas all over your walls check out i'll be home for christmas oh uh, yeah i'm gonna go ahead and not check that one out i think but <laughs> wow i appreciate your endorsement i think i may have seen this i was looking at it on letterboxd I, it looks like one that might have like re- played on ABC Family at some oh, point, yeah. you know, on the TV rotation. And yeah. now scrolling through the cast and you talking about the premise, I feel like I have seen this at some point in my life. You know, one of those TV background watches. But yeah, mm-hmm. not necessarily one that I'll endorse with my whole heart here. Yeah, we're gonna hit some rough sledding in Tristan's eyes in my <laughs> bottom five. But there are I'm basically ready for it, yeah. my top five are all movies that I think generally a lot of people like. Um, my bottom five are movies that are more for me. So the next movie on my list is the Michael Keaton bona fide incredible film Jack Frost on HBO Max where Jack Frost is a Michael Keaton's character Jack Frost is a regular human. 
he plays in a band and a musician and he tells his son charlie he's like hey anytime you want to see me because he's like going away to do this show on christmas eve he's like anytime you want to see me just blow on this harmonica and then on his way to the show oh also mark addy uh who people may know as king baratheon from game of thrones is his like is michael keaton's like bandmate and best friend in this movie anyways so there's a car accident Michael Keaton furrears into the other lane and dies. And the next Christmas, his son is super sad and depressed and blows into his harmonica. And, like, a bunch of magical, swirly stuff happen and goes into the snowman that Charlie made earlier that day. And Michael Keaton's spirit <laughs> is imbued into that snowman and it follows him around and it gets into antics and... For that Christmas, Charlie gets Christmas with his dad again, only in snowman form. And it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. You're sitting here making fun of my movie, but it's fun. And I enjoy it. No, I'm not making fun. I, you know what, Joe? I've seen this movie so many times, I couldn't even tell you the amount of times that I've watched it, Jack Frost. You know, it was a genuine rotation movie when I was a kid. I watched it. It was a ro especially because when I was going to school, there was like this after school program I had to go to because my parents didn't get out of work until, you know, way later after that. So I would go, we'd sit there and they'd watch like, you know, wholesome child friendly movies. And Jack Frost was always on the Christmas rotation. I swear we watched that like almost every day back when I was a kid. So I have a ton of nostalgia for that. I'm not going to attack you for that one, Joe, because it hits my nostalgia bone for sure. How can you not feel the magic? You know, he, he blows the harmonica and the snowman comes alive. Michael Keaton as a snowman walking around, you know, like that's that's Christmas magic right there, Joe. When I said Michael Keaton, did you think I was going to say Jack Frost or Batman Forever? I thought you might be going Batman Forever. I was waiting for that take. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't really see that as a Christmas. Take, there's like winter elements, but I don't really gonna see that. are going to have to punt this one, Joe. See that as a Christmas movie. But uh, <laughs> so next on my list, uh, we talked about. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and now we have another Home Alone connection with Tim Allen, and it's not the movie you think it is. It's on AMC Plus this year for some reason. You'd think they'd put it on more places because it's a great film, and that's Christmas with the Cranks, uh, starring Tim Allen and uh, Jamie. Oh, oh my, this is a real Joe list right here. He's and, pulling out Christmas with the Cranks for his top ten. I... I I love this movie, man. It's a fun movie. Tim Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis are an older couple. Their daughter's moved out of the house. She's in college now. They don't think she's coming home for Christmas. I think she's in, like, the Peace Corps or something. And they're like, I'm over Christmas. You know, Christmas is not really our thing anymore. It's not for us. We're just going to skip Christmas and go on vacation during Christmas. And they're all on board this plan. All the neighbors are, like, weirded out by him because they live in some weird neighborhood where everyone cares what everyone's doing. Dan Aykroyd is kind of, like, the head of the neighborhood, and he's shocked that they're leaving for Christmas, and they try to decorate their house for him. And then last minute, wouldn't you know it, their daughter Claire is coming home for Christmas, and she can't wait for the annual crank Christmas party. And last minute, they have to turn things around. They have to change around their flights get the neighborhood together to help them get their Christmas party uh, going before Claire gets home and realizes that they were going to skip Christmas. It's a fun movie. Don't laugh at me, Tristan. Look, it's a, it's a fun movie. You know, I, I, I didn't see that one when it came out, you know, so 
it's a movie it's christmas it's a christmas movie it's definitely yeah. a christmas movie it's definitely streaming you know i can endorse i can say that yeah. the seven christmas with the cranks on amc plus and now we move to our number six list and this one won't get as much pushback there may even be a punt here we're sticking with tim allen and we're going with the original the santa claus on disney plus tim allen neighbor falls off a roof or not neighbor santa falls off a roof if you've been watching the santa clauses definitely changes things of how you view that moment i'm just gonna say that i'm up to date on this on the santa clauses i will review that next week after the finale and uh yeah tim allen becomes santa claus he was coming off home and well he was in the middle of filming home improvement he was like the biggest tv star and disney said star in this movie it's a fun movie it's a great movie if it's not in your Christmas rotation, what are you doing? I almost thought about not putting it out. There's a couple movies on my list. I'm like, why am I even putting it here? Everyone knows it's streaming. Everyone knows where it's streaming. But I felt like it would have been a lie not to put it on my list. So that's what it is. Yeah, uh, this is one that slipped my mind in the limited time I was making my top 10. But uh, I had it on the list at some point, and I was like moving stuff around, and I looked, and I was like, oh, I, I, I deleted that one. But that would be on my list for sure. It's a Christmas classic. When I think of Santa Claus's like, origin story and his powers and like the lore of Santa Claus, I pretty much go to this movie, you know? And I think it established like what Santa Claus looks like, what the North Pole kind of looks like to me. Yeah, I definitely recommend this one. And yeah, of course, it's an obvious pick, but I feel like it's not necessarily put in the same breath as like the top tier christmas rotation movies you know so put it in that top tier list i feel like all right yeah just so everyone's aware we are a very prepared show that thinks of things long ahead of time i definitely didn't text tristan three hours ago and said hey should we do a top 10 streaming movies list because we really don't have much to talk about this week that definitely didn't happen um but tristan uh we are i believe to your number 10 my number 10 is uh one of the reasons i did not give you much uh, push back on some of your uh, some of your choices here but uh, this is called Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale uh, it's streaming now on Hulu and also Canopy now that you mentioned Canopy uh, but this is a movie about a uh, man who lives in essentially like the Arctic North and he's a reindeer herder with his son and on Christmas Eve these like miners come up and mine into the to the to the ice around him and they dig out this creature this ancient creature that kind of resembles santa claus and it's this horror set uh around christmas and it's a really really interesting premise it it kind of like really digs into the lore of santa we just talked about santa claus and how that has all these interesting takes on the rules and why things happen and tries to explain all the different things in interesting ways and this does that but all in kind of like a horror twist it really goes back to like that ancient Krampus kind of myth of of santa as this like vengeful uh kind of creature and all but it, while using like the iconography of the red hats and things like that so i had a i had a great time with this one it's streaming on hulu it's my deep cut pick for sure but i highly uh, recommend it it's a good fun time that uh, really does some creative stuff it's not just like oh santa's evil and kills people it, it really like gets into all the lore and the questions of like why would this happen and what would the industry look like of like people who are who like found santa claus you know what would that what would that look like for the for the people around the town and things like that so i had a great time with that all right yeah definitely check out rare exports on hulu that's your number 10 what is your number nine my number nine is also a holiday classic uh one that 
uh, a lot of people probably would have it on their list, honestly, and that's Love Actually. I think it's a pretty fun romance. It's definitely set around Christmas, and it has a really wide cast, you know, of Hugh Grant and Liam Neeson and Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. So you have a really great uh, classic cast there. Uh, it's a fun romance, a lot of really uh, great kind of crude humor, you know, so if you're looking for something that's kind of more on the, definitely on the R-rated side, you know, something to watch with, like, your, your parents or the adults, and then when the kids are going to sleep, I think Love Actually is a great, fun comedy for that. It's streaming right now on uh, Peacock, so, and AMC Plus, if you still got AMC Plus going on, so you got both of those options for Love Actually, but it's a great, fun, ensemble romantic comedy set all around Christmas, so you get to have the, the snow and the trees and the lights and all of that kind of stuff, so I really have a great time watching Love Actually. It's one of the ones that I throw on the time of year every single year, just to kind of get myself in the romantic mood of Christmas. All right, yeah, so Love Actually. And also, now, what is your number eight? Yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a big Love Actually person. I've watched it, I've seen it, and there's parts to me that are just weird and creepy, <laughs> like the whole uh, sheriff from Andrew Lincoln. The whole Andrew Lincoln storyline is creepy. And the fact that yeah. someone pointed out that Kira Knightley and Liam Neeson's son in that movie are like three years apart in age, I was like, what the hell is wrong with that movie? <laughs> well, uh, my number eight is one that we did bring up earlier. It's definitely a kind of classic Christmas pick, and that is Christmas Carol. Uh, there's a bunch of options for you to watch of the different uh, Christmas Carol options. You talked about Scrooge last week, but for me, I always go back to some of the old ones you know i go back to like the 30s and i'm trying to pull up the exact streaming platform that this one is on because you look up christmas carol and there's quite a few of, of those movies there but i go back to the old black and white christmas carol the one that uh, kind of started it all for me it's one that was always on tv every year and when i think of the the creepiness of the, the three ghosts i think that's like a really iconic christmas story you know you mentioned the guy who wrote it in your previous uh, pick, but I just love the tale of this, the tale of like the redemption, you know, and facing your, your past and your present and ultimately like what you'll become if you continue on your path. And I think that's like a structure that's been used so much in other stories and so well in other stories all because it comes back to like this original structure. So yeah, I'm a great fan of Christmas Carol and I don't really have a specific version that I watch every year, but I do kind of like pick a handful that I watch each year. So uh I, I'm look. I'm the definitely a fan of watching these. All right. So eight is a Christmas Carol, and what is your number seven? My number seven uh, is one that I know that you've definitely seen, and might be on your list. Uh, it's Gremlins. I I think Gremlins is a really fun holiday setting. It really uses the Christmas iconography and the colors and the lights. It's just a gorgeous movie to look at, and it's streaming right now on HBO Max. So Gremlins is about a kid and his, his family buys him this uh, exotic uh, present of a little creature called Gizmo uh, and gives it to him as a gift on, on Christmas. And Gizmo is this kind of alien uh, that unleashes kind of this whole, this whole uh, family of, of Gremlins that kind of start taking over the town. It's directed by Joe Dante, who I really love as a director. He's, he knows how to take like children's stories and make them like kind of weird and crazy and, and not like talk down to kids in that kind of a way. So I'm a big fan of Joe Dante's work in like small soldiers and gremlins too. I really like as well. So both of those are, I kind of said around Christmas, but the first one is, is more of the Christmas movie I felt like. So I went with the first one for that one, but I honestly recommend 
watching both of these because they're both really fun. People talk about the second one is like, oh, that one's a comedy, but the first one I feel like is definitely very comedic and uh, it definitely leads to the Christmas too. I just love the look of like Christmas in a small town, the snow coming down, the lights and all that kind of stuff. So I love that part of Gremlins and that's why I picked that. And also, isn't that the uh, movie with the great speech about why the girl does not like Christmas? That is a great speech. Uh, definitely brings you in the Christmas spirit with uh, that performance there. Yeah. The fact that people saw that and were like, that's got to stay in the movie astounds me. Other than that, I love Gremlins, but it ain't on my list. Interesting. I got I got my next pick. All right. Yeah. What's your sixth pick? All right. I'm at six. Own? My six is one that is definitely not on your list, but it's definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, and I'll argue about that. It's Spencer starring Kristen Stewart. Uh, directed by Pablo Loren. This is about Princess Diana. It's uh, set over a Christmas weekend. You know, she travels out to this exotic uh, location with all of her family coming together for Christmas. And it's a terrible Christmas for her. She's very stressed. She's having this kind of mental breakdown. It's in the midst of when she was the most, you know, at the attention of the press and not want, wanting to be and, you know, wanting to get divorced from her husband, but not kind of being allowed to and feeling very, very stuck. So if you've ever had a Christmas meal where you don't want to be there, you kind of hate your family, you want to go home, you're just kind of stressing out and, and breaking down because you just do not enjoy Christmas with your family. You know, <laughs> I think this can capture that feeling and I don't necessarily feel that way, but sometimes you can, you know, sometimes it's just overwhelming to be surrounded by people who can be kind of oppressive on you. And this was a great, great movie. Kristen Stewart gives like an all timer performance in this and, I think it, it genuinely counts as a Christmas movie. There's Christmas trees, you know, they pose for a family meal. They, there's all kinds of Christmas, uh, Christmas iconography going on. And it also has, like, that redemption arc that I feel like is part of Christmas stories, too, where it's about, like, a family kind of, and a woman, like, finding her family. You know, it's about the, 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 the growth and redemption that I think is part of a lot of Christmas stories. So I love Spencer. It's on Hulu and on Canopy. So uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. You are the only human being I've ever met in my life who on a list of top 10 Christmas movies would write down Spencer. <laughs> Great movie, Joe. Oh, I mean, I've seen it too many times now. Great, It gives you in the Christmas spirit, you know? I got like 20 minutes into it, 30 minutes into it, and I was like, this, I can't. I was hyped for it, too, because I actually really like Jackie. And then by the same director, and then I started watching. I got with 20, 30 minutes into it, and I'm like, this just isn't <laughs> for me. Look, I told you I'd have at least a couple a couple of Tristan picks on here. You know, it wasn't quite as much of a, of a specific list as yours, but uh, I had to sneak one in there. All right. And so to kick back over to my list, my number five, which I know is on your list because you told me, and that is Elf, starring Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, that's definitely on mine. Uh, it's high we, up there. We punting? So. Do we punt to the top three is my question. Yeah, is it in your is it in your near two or one spot? It is. It All is. right, so we'll move along. So next on my list, we may be punting as well. I don't know. It's another obvious one. Everyone knows it's streaming. Everyone knows where it's streaming. But it'd be a lie not to be on my list, and that is the movie directed by Christopher Columbus. No, I'm not talking about Harry Potter and the uh, Sorcerer's Stone because that's not a Christmas movie. It has one Christmas scene in it. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. That's Home Alone, starring Macaulay Culkin. Not on my list, Joe. Not on my list. Wow. How do you have a top ten holiday streaming movies and not include Home Alone? That yeah, I do we, uh, Yeah, we can talk about it. But, yeah, I definitely think Home Alone is an all-time all time classic for sure. 
all-time right. classic, but not on his top 10 holiday streaming links. Yeah, it's great. Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Macaulay Culkin. Great film about family coming together, being apart, and just a kid going against adults, which is a thing all kids love. Every kid's movie should be about a kid going against adults because that's what makes kid movies the best. But back to my previous point, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone or whatever you want to call it, not a Christmas movie. Anyways, that takes us to my number three. Might be on your list, might not be. It's the only animated movie on my list. And that, it's a movie that's probably the most recent movie on my list as well, or the newest movie, and that's Klaus. Uh, animated movie on Netflix. Also, Home Alone's on Disney Plus, if you didn't know. Uh, Klaus, it's on Netflix. It's an animation style uh, very similar to um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It kind of tells this uh, origin story, uh, uh, origin story, if you will, for Santa Claus. Focuses on the lead character, and Santa is played by J.K. Simmons in this movie, uh, voiced by anyways. And basically, they never give like an exact era, but you're kind of supposed to believe it's like the olden days like maybe the 1800s of this kid whose dad is like the head of all of the postal service uh is he's like this hoity-toity guy just a slacker never really done anything and his dad gives him the job of he has to set up a post office in like some random northern town up like off in like finland or something where and jason schwartzman voices the main guy by the way and basically start up a post office there but what he realizes is the people in that town don't like each other it's basically like a hatfields and mccoy situation uh where the kind of two sides don't get along and uh it's kind of coming togetherness and i really like it Got uh yeah I have not seen this one, so I'm definitely going to have it on my list for movies to watch. I've heard a lot of great things about it, so I can't really defend putting it off at this point. So maybe it'll be one that I watch in the next couple yeah. of days, to be honest. Yeah, you got Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, Rashida Jones, Will Sasso, Norm MacDonald, Joan Cusack. Uh, just an all-around good uh, good cast. Definitely going to be on the list. I love that cast. And yeah... I, I, I love to you like unique takes on the origin story of Santa. You know something that yeah, was like you, you take the lore and, and twist it in some interesting ways and figure out new ways to answer the questions that are like age old Santa questions. You know. Yeah. So yeah, this was number three on the list. Klaus, K L A U S, and it's on Netflix. And I believe, maybe I'm wrong. I believe it won the Oscar that year for best animated feature. I'll look it up while you talk about. You know what? I definitely got nominated that year. I, don't I know, know it got nominated, but uh, yeah, if you want to talk about your number five, I'll look it up and confirm that. Yeah, uh, my number five uh, is the reason that Home Alone is not on my list, and it's because I have Home Alone 2 at my number five. Bang. Bang. <laughs> uh, I love Home Alone 2. To me, it's a better movie than the first Home Alone, I and I think it's like more of a Christmas movie than the first Home Alone 2. It's like set on New York and Christmas and the snow and everything like that. You really get the iconography and all the Christmas visuals, and the first one is a great comedy. But I just feel like the second one has that really wholesome Christmas vibe that you love to get out of a Christmas movie. And I love that it does the same thing again, but not really. You know, like it's able to up these stakes and up the ante of it without like totally changing the premise. It's still him like alone, but he's not just in a different house alone. It could have been so easy to just be like, oh, and now, you know, he's in two houses alone or something like that. But they made it they were a fun way to take it to New York and 
yeah, I love just the visuals of New York at, and Christmas. So I, I went with Home Alone 2 over the first Home Alone. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Try it's to also on Disney+. Didn't Plus. Get to it in time. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus uh, as well. So if you, if you see the first one a lot and you don't necessarily watch the second one as much, I honestly think the second one is even more fun and wholesome than the, than the first one is. All right. Yeah, I, I I don't hate that take of having Home Alone 2. I thought you just left the Home Alone franchise off entirely, and I was like, that's a that's a bad take. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a rough take. But uh, I might have another rough take coming up here, Joe. So uh, oh, bear can with I, me. Can I go back to my previous? Klaus won, or Klaus was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. I lost to Toy Story 4. Get out of here. Toy Story 4 sucks. Bad take. Toy Story 4 sucks. <laughs> Uh, my next, you can go, go to your list. my next movie here uh, is one that you already uh, had a take on in this episode previously, and that is Batman Returns. Joe, it's a it's a Christmas movie. There's snow. There's a Christmas parade. There's like all kinds of Christmassy uh, music and stuff like that. So I feel like it's a Christmas movie, and it's it's a it's a great Batman movie. It's my favorite Batman movie. I, I on some days uh, right now it might be my favorite Batman movie. I think it's a a lot of fun. Tim Burton. You know, we talked about him in Wednesday and how he's kind of lost his style and edge a little bit. And this is just Tim Burton's style and Tim Burton's edge. This is Tim Burton's Batman. You know, when we talked today about like, oh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, it really felt like a James Gunn movie. Like, oh, Matt Reeves' Batman really felt like a Matt Reeves movie. And this feels exactly like a Tim Burton movie. It has Tim Burton's style everywhere. It's so, it's so like kooky and crazy. But I feel like it, it is contained within the Christmas timeline it has a lot of christmas visuals and i feel like it's a christmas movie every year a theater near me in chicago screens this a couple of times during december uh, because it's a christmas movie and they include it in the lineup so to me that makes it count all right and uh where's that streaming at hbo max right now yep it's on hbo max with the rest of the batman movies and that's the only place you can stream it right now without having to pay for it all right and that takes me to your number three What's your number three? My number three uh, is one that I know has a huge cult following. I'm not necessarily part of the cult, but I am part of the following, uh, and that is Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this movie. I love the aesthetic of this and the visual of this. There's just so much, so much iconic uh, character, so many iconic characters, and so much iconic, you know looks and visuals and the buildings are so creative and cool and they're just bending backwards and i just love the way this movie looks it's such a cool movie and i i love the blending of halloween and christmas it's one that i watch a couple of times a year because i like to watch it like towards the end of october to get myself like in the mood for crit for halloween and i like to watch it again like in november to get myself in the mood for christmas and now i like to watch it again uh around christmas because i want to you know get myself in the christmas mood again so it's one that i watch a lot every year and i love the music i love the setting i love the characters it's something that i've really really connected to a lot so yeah for me uh i'm not part of the people who like you know gets tattoos of this movie or anything like that and lives by this movie but it's one that i watch every year so for me it's got to make that list yeah definitely it's uh the movie that kept hot topic in business for 20 years you know and it's on disney plus right now so yeah you know you got your disney plus subscription keep 
watch watch yourself a classic you know treat yourself to a nightmare before christmas you, you've watched it before watch it again it's yeah. great yeah it's it's a movie uh and that takes it's fine i just like dogging on it because it gets so much hype for a movie that's like it's good but people act like it's some world-changing thing um and that takes me to the number two on my list, which I don't believe is on your list, even though I've told everyone I've ever met. That's not true. But I've told enough people to watch it. And that's uh, currently streaming on Tubi. Joyu Noel, not really based on one individual story, but based on multiple stories of soldiers uh, from all sides during World War One coming together on Christmas Day, uh, basically having a truce that was more or less figured out on the battlefield. It wasn't figured out by the generals or the world leaders it was more everyone fighting on the battlefields uh kind of had their own truce set it up setting up because it was christmas and they all celebrated christmas and they didn't want to fight on christmas and it's kind of like this amalgamation of various stories during world war one kind of condensed into this one story and it has uh, a lot of great powerful moments um got diane kruger who people are going to recognize from inglorious bastards and national treasure she's one of the leads in it um and daniel Bruhl, who people will recognize from the mcu uh is in it as well and also from inglorious bastards and i believe in 2005 it won the oscar for best foreign language film but it's not fully in uh foreign language because of it's, you have the Scottish, the French, and the German. So I would say about a third of it's in English with the Scottish, a third of it's in German, and a third of it's in French. Um, but, yeah, it's just a really uh, well-made movie. Like I said, it's free on Tubi, so you can probably... You probably don't have Tubi, but Tubi is free to get. So you can just go on whatever uh, service you use on your smart TV, download Tubi, and uh, type in Joyu Noel. Believe it or not, Joe, I have seen this. Uh oh, uh, I actually liked this. It was definitely slightly hallmarky at, at parts, you know, but I thought it was a good movie. Definitely a great premise, and I think it, it focuses on, like, the humanity of war, you know, the fact that it's not just about, like, you know, big-minded leaders of countries declaring war on each other and getting their egos clashing, and there's, like, these lives that are put at stake, you know, especially World War One, which was a very, like, a very much, like, non- a war that happened for not a lot of important reasons, you know, it was just kind of a bunch of connected countries and all these truces being, all these kind of like contracts being called on essentially, you know, and a war over nothing is kind of what World War One felt like. And I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's not one that I thought of as a top 10 list at all, not one that is like on my rotation at all, but I do like this one and it has a great message, a great heart to it. And that's something I like about a Christmas movie a lot is like, can it, does it have that redemptive kind of hope, heart, you know, in there? And I think this has that heart there. So I liked it. All right. And what was your number two? My number two, uh, this may be a hot take for some people. I'm not sure how hot this take is, but uh, my number two is Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring Jim Carrey. Uh, I think this is such a crazy, fun movie. I love this movie. I watch it every single year, not just once, but like a couple of times during the month of December. I think it's so much fun and the who, the way they build Whoville with this live action kind of crazy big aesthetic I think it's a really great example of like what a live action adaptation of an animated movie actually can be like you know and we see a lot of what Disney's doing with that premise now when they're making like the most boring movies you possibly can make with like Lion King and, and Beating the Beast that are just kind of like these exact replicas 
of the first movie and i think this movie shows how you can take the idea of the animated grinch premise and turn it into this really cool thing that feels like a live world with crazy colors and visuals and the who's have all these like unique facial structures and everything kind of has this really touch of whimsical to it that i think just makes it feel like a dr seuss book come to life it's one of my favorite christmas movies obviously it's in my my top two it's one that i watch all the time and i think it's kind of underrated in a way you know it's not one that's put up there as like the five out of five christmas movies every year and it's not necessarily put in the same breath as the original i know a lot of people hold the animated movie in high regard but i feel like this is a huge huge great uh step up not from an already really really good animated movie but i think this is a great great take on that idea all right. I don't hate the pick. I was never the massive fan of that, but I do think people hate on it for no reason. I think it is a good movie. Uh, it's just not one that is in my rotation. I know you're number one. I figured it out. I can, you can put do the context math, you know? clues together. Uh, however, we haven't talked about my number one today. We did talk about it on last week's show because it was our movie of the week, and that is the Bill Murray classic, Scrooged. Currently on both Prime and Paramount+. Plus. Um, we talked about it last week. I just want to reiterate: it's peak Bill Murray, a character type of character he was born to play. His ver, his, his character Frank Cross is essentially a quote unquote modern day Scrooge, or Ebenezer Scrooge, and uh, he's a TV producer who cares more about like the production of his live television event more than actually spreading the message of Christmas, and he slowly learns that it's the message of christmas that's more the most important thing so good movie check it out like i said it's on amazon prime and uh paramount plus so if you have either of those services check it out because it is my favorite movie currently on streaming because the world at large hates christmas and won't allow the world to watch die hard this year i guess it, i penciled it in as my number one because it's been on hbo max for as long as i've been aware had it on my list, marked it as number one, and I'm like, let me double check. Couldn't find it anywhere. It's not streaming anywhere. Except Technically, for like if you have stars, you can get, you can watch it, but that's but the only place. Yeah. So, bah humbug, Christmas is dead. No Die Hard this year for people. I have it on DVD, so I can still watch it. But yeah, I reiterate Joe's pick for Scrooge. I don't know about number one, but it's definitely a really really great Christmas movie. I have Christmas Carol in my top ten because I just love that story you know so i wouldn't argue against scrooge being your favorite take on that story you know because there's just some great great takes on that story so scrooge is definitely one of the good takes we just watched it we just talked about it so you can go back to get more of our thoughts but yeah definitely a top tier bill murray performance and if you're a fan of bill murray's stick and like his is better than everything over it kind of attitude i think you'd have a great time with this it's, it's a great bill murray performance and one of the one of the best that i've seen from him all right, so do you want to build the top five for the show? Because I feel like we have two movies in common and the rest is just not at all in common. Well, I do have to give my number one. You oh, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Which it know, will, would uh, be our show's number one. It's it's easy to see uh, why I picked this one. It's already on Joe's list, so if you've been paying attention, you know what my pick is here, but it's Elf. Yeah. I think this is a great movie. I watched it all the time every year. My family used to gather around the TV and watch this, like, so many times throughout Christmas, he'd always put it on when we're, you know, packing gifts or put it on when we're opening gifts or put it on during Christmas dinner and maybe all three, you know, because we talk about how Santa Claus is kind of like the iconic version of what Santa is. And this is the iconic version of what an elf is. You know, you can't make an elf 
anytime there's like an elf in a commercial, an elf in another movie, an elf in any TV show, it feels like they're aping this movie in some kind of way because they're picking that Will Ferrell big energy kind of everything is incredible, exciting kind of take on the elf. And yeah, Will Ferrell's performance in this is such a joy to watch. And I think he makes this such a fun movie to watch with any other actor. This could have become so annoying and so one note, but I think Will Ferrell is able to play that one note so well and find all the different kind of like ways you can play that one note and how he can make that sad and how he can make that heartfelt and how he can make that funny. And he, he, he the performance is just so great here. And I, I love watching that. It fills me with Christmas joy. You know, it makes you really want to sing and be, and be in the holiday spirit. So for me, that's, that's what a Christmas movie should do is get you ready for Christmas. And this movie gets me ready for Christmas. Can I say something that maybe sounds like a hot take, but maybe it isn't at all, that Elf is far and away Will Ferrell's best movie? I definitely think it is. I think it's easily his best performance, you know. It's able to find his energy and use it so well because he can be kind of annoying in other stuff, I'll be honest. I'm not yeah. – I mean, he's good in some stuff, but when he misses, he really misses. And yeah. I think this shows, like, exactly what Will Ferrell can do comedically, you know. Yeah, James Caan, Mary Steenburgen. Oh, and the James Conn casting is great too because he plays into like your knowledge of James Conn as you know part of the Godfather mm-hmm. and things like that. So, uh, yeah, he, I, I really like the James Conn casting too. I don't want him to get overshadowed too much because he gives a great performance here, playing his mm-hmm. type but kind of playing against it too because of the movie he's in. Yeah, it was funny. I've heard like different things on set of like James Conn did not understand this movie at all, and John Favreau basically just had to keep reassuring him and doing what he was doing. I know, yeah. I've heard some great stories on set from that. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like that would be a fun set if it was like we wanted to get, you know, a fly-on-the-wall kind of set. I feel like that would be a one minute. Not just because of that, but I also feel like it would be a joy to watch Will Ferrell goof around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, all, all those, like, B-roll scenes of him, like, jump, walking through New York City where apparently, like, they didn't have permits, they didn't get permission. It was just john favreau just unleashed will ferrell as buddy the elf onto new york city and just filmed whatever happened yeah those would be really fun to watch you know i can't imagine <laughs> some of the people in new york would be roasting that guy yeah all right anything else you got to say before we move on to our final segment and i don't even know how we're gonna pick this week i say we're uh, moving on i'm gonna say we have my second beer i have this is one is called island of misfit beers it's very nice. much in theme you know it has the dial from rudolph on there uh this is this is a belgian ale with caramel raisins and holiday cheer you know so nice. gonna have some more holiday cheer going into our top five joe nice all right so our final segment i think it's very clear and obvious our number one is going to be elf it was your number one it was my number five yeah, I definitely think that's number one. It'll be interesting to see, because we don't have a lot of crossover here. We, I don't know. We had, like, one or two. See, you're number one. So, because you get your one at one, can you at least concede to me that two is the original Home Alone? Because you had Home Alone 2 on your list. I do have Home Alone 2. It's in my top five. I can see that. Let's put, yeah, I can put Home Alone 2 at two. Home Alone 2 or Home Alone? Home, home Alone. Home Alone. Not Home Alone. I feel like that's a good idea. I argument. mean, for me, it's hard because I feel like they're both equally good. It's just whenever how my mind works, whenever I make a list like this, it's hard to do the sequel and not the original unless I'm doing like a list of movie sequels or something. But for me, though, the, the second one is more Christmas, you know? There's a lot of Christmas going on in that second there one. There is. You make good points. We'll come back to it. Two is going <laughs> to be either Home Alone or Home Alone 2. We just have to figure it out. 
So gotta... my one is off the list. Or no, my number one is not on the list. So three Scrooged. I could say three Scrooged. It's not on my list, but I like Scrooged. You know, I gave it a positive review last week. So our number ones are off the board. And that brings us to our number twos. We have Joy Noel and the Ron Howard Grinch, which I feel like are just going to be our four and our five. So our mark at that point is to figure out which, who gets the four spot and who gets the five spot. Look, I, uh, so I have the one spot right now, right? And yeah, you currently have the one spot, and we kind of share the two spot. So how would you feel if you went Joe Noel and then Grinch, but then Home Alone 2 was at number two? I will concede to all those points. So... And where is Ron Howard Grinch currently streaming? Currently on Disney Plus. No, HBO Max. HBO Max. And also on DirecTV. I don't know. Uh, I don't know they had a DirecTV streaming platform, but if you got DirecTV, I guess you can watch Grinch. All right. So our official top five streaming movies, according to the Hand Plus, we have Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, currently streaming on HBO Max. At number four, we have Joy Noel currently on Tubi. At three, we have uh, Scrooged, currently on Prime and Paramount+. Plus. At two, we have Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, currently on Disney+. Plus. And at number one, we have Elf, currently on HBO Max. So I like if, that top five. So if you got some movies you want to watch, it's a good variety of movies, something. If you don't like at least one of the movies in that top five, then you're watching movies wrong, in my opinion. Bye, humbug to you. Then. Bye, you know? humbug to you. And now we move on to our final topic of the night, something I don't know how we're going to figure out. Maybe I hope you have a pick for this, and this is our MVP of the week. This is our sole entity that we think gave the best performance of the week. Could be a behind-the-scenes person, maybe the music in a future episode of the Mandalorian just hits hard. And we're like Ludwig Gorenson deserves to be MVP of the week. Maybe a showrunner is just crushes a show and we're like, they're the MVP or we're like, this character was just fun. It, it was the writing. It was the performance. It was the directing everything. And we just give the MVP to the character itself. It's just what single entity are, are we uh, voting for? And uh, do you have any, any thoughts? Uh, I got two thoughts for you, Joe. My first is a pick of a, a a writer who made multiple appearances on both of our lists, and that is Charles Dickens. You know, you got to give Charles Dickens the the MVP for Christmas Carol, and for being the man who invented Christmas. You know, so mm -hmm. I feel like I got an argument for Charles Dickens in there. Uh, my second is uh, also a, a person who made multiple appearances on our list. Uh, the Holly Jolly Man himself, you know, Santa Claus is our MVP for the week. You know, our, our Christmas top ten. How do you not See, put Santa Claus in your in your MVP spot? See, the person I thought you were going to go with a uh, different uh, direction than I was expecting is more of a topic we talked about earlier in our show. My prediction of where you were going to go is Mike White, the creator and showrunner of White Lotus. I mean, that's that's an actual good choice. I feel like if you're going for the actual streaming content, to of me, the so I. I personally feel like it's down to two. I think if we want to go with Survivor runner-up Mike White 
or if we want to go with writer of Scrooged and star of the man who invented Christmas, Charles Dickens. <laughs> I feel like the Charles Dickens pick is is more unique, you know? So I feel like that would be a fun pick. You know, you go through our list of MVPs in a year and you're like, Charles Dickens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a Christmas Here's episode. Mike White, probably going to win a couple Emmys for White Lotus, right? He, he doesn't need... What? He might get a couple handies next week on our award show. Joe. Oh yeah, is our uh, award show next week? One of the weeks. Next week or upcoming, the week. Upcoming week, we got our award show where we're going to be giving out handies for various <laughs> uh, awards. And yeah, like we said, Mike White, he's going to be winning awards galore. He doesn't need MVP of the week. You know who hasn't won a single Emmy and never will? Charles Dickens. The best we can do is give him the MVP of the week. And that is why for me, I am giving MVP of the week to the writer of Scrooged, star of The Man Who Invented Christmas, and that is our MVP, Charles Dickens. <laughs> I love it, Joe. Great Christmas pick there. All right, yeah. So join us next week. Have no idea what we're going to be talking about, but I promise to actually start watching content. I've just been busy, especially on the weekends. You know, there was a bit there where I wasn't really watching a lot of Detroit Lions football. It gave me more time on Sundays, but now my Sundays are devo devoted to former MVP winner Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. First ever MVP winner. The reason I created the award just because I wanted an extra excuse to talk about Dan Campbell. But they're winning. They're playing good football. And so it's hard for me to uh, try to fit time in. But I will work on that. I was supposed to watch the Christmas MVP Carol. winner Dan Campbell. What? He won MVP of week on the show, Joe, Dan Campbell. Yeah. He's a he's an MVP winner. Yeah. So good for him. Good for him. Uh we're gonna figure out something to watch next week and we will talk about it here and we will make this quality content. And that is my promise Merry to Christmas. you that I may backtrack on if I don't have time to watch things. And without further ado, goodbye and Merry Christmas. Until next oh, week. Oh. Talk to the hand. <laughs>